All right, we'll take your Bibles. Let's turn to John chapter 18. Uh, we began in our Catalyst group this morning. We begin on the journey to finish John. So that might be a celebration if your Bibles, if you've been coming here for any time, your Bibles probably automatically open up to the book of John. And so we'll be opening up to a new Bible, a new book of the Bible soon, at the new year when it comes. We'll finish John into the new year, but uh, what a great way to know the Word of God and to learn the Word of God. I hope that you've grown some. Uh, I hope you've grown a lot, but our job is to equip you into the wor- with the Word of God. And this morning, I hope, uh, nonetheless, as we read this historical narrative, as John explains to you and to me what happened there at the just before the crucifixion, the trial of Jesus. So today's sermon title simply is Thanksgiving to God for His Plans and Purposes. Aren't you glad for God's plans and purposes? Look around the room. Just look around real quick. Everybody take a look at all the other humans in the building. You were God's plan, and you're part of God's purpose. You look at, you were not, there's no accidents that are born. There's, there is no accidents with God. God uses everything for his glory. And today, you being here is obviously evidence that he has something going on in this world outside of us, even though he includes us. Watch, I want to show you something today. If you're not from Aiken, South Carolina, would you please stand? If you're not originally, that includes me as well. Uh, I'm not from Aiken, South Carolina. Look around. All the original, all right, we do recognize everybody, be seated. If you are originally from Aiken, please stand. They, they call themselves the originals. My wife is one. All right, listen, what's happening in our church? You may be seated. Where did you say, Barbara, we're all invited? Well, listen, what's happening is the world is coming where? To us, because Jesus tells, obviously the Great Commission was given in the Middle East, but it was going to the ends of the earth, and we know it, the gospel has made it here, and now we in turn take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We're sending missionaries on a regular basis around the world. We establish them in countries, we pay their salaries, as Southern Baptists we do, we pay their salaries, we pay their housing, and we give them opportunity to, for transportation, teach them the language, and then put them right out there, or some of the language, and put them right there in the middle of the threat or the lost world. But we know many times, even today, the world is still sending missionaries to America. It is needed that we actually all hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is it possible that you can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ preached to you with clarity and not respond? Would you say yes or no? How many of you guys have actually heard the gospel preached more than five times before you became a Christian? Who heard it more than five times? Including myself. Anyone more than 50 times, you would say? Anybody more than 150 times? Yeah, I, I continue. I, you could say if I was in church, I was a preacher's kid growing up. We heard it every Sunday. And what happened is we watched people versus watching God. If you're not careful, you'll do that. A lot of people say, oh, the church is full of hypocrites. I don't even want to go to the church. Can you imagine who says that? Look in the mirror, right? Who's the biggest hypocrite? The one looking back at you in the mirror if you would look. So that didn't hold water. We know that we all say, how many of you have heard people say, well, I promise, I'll promise I'll do that. That's just a habitual way to lie in a positive way. You can't promise anything. If I promise you I will be with you and eat Thanksgiving meal with you in just a few moments, is that a promise? Even if I said it in an hour, is that a promise? Well, I could say that, but what if I drop dead right now? Would I keep my promise? No. So be careful. Don't promise your way into lying on a regular basis. If you say, I promise, I promise. Say, if I can, or if the Lord wills, 
I'll do that or that. That's what James tells us very clearly. Be careful what we say. Well, take your Bibles. I gave you a reference. We won't get into all those scriptures today. You, you had to come to Catalyst to get in those scriptures and those small group Bible study, which we had large group today. But I want to get in John 18, beginning of verse 15. We're going to go through verse 27. You know this well if you've read the Bible ever. You've read this in the, the Gospels, Synoptic Gospels, where all the Gospels say a similar thing, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're going to read this together beginning there in verse 15. And if you missed last week, you can go back and listen to it online. Jeremiah does a beautiful job of putting those on online for us. Matthew, I mean, excuse me, John chapter 18, beginning of verse 15. You there? Say amen. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Now the disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside. And then the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out, spoke to her who kept the door, and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers who had made a fire of coal stood there, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Now we go indoors. Let's go indoors inside. The high priest then asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues and in the temple, where the Jews always meet. And in secret I have said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. And when he had said these things, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Do you answer the high priest like that? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him to bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. Therefore they said to him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him who, whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied again and said, denied again, and immediately a rooster crowed. So let's pray together. Father God, as we read your word, this is a common story for us if we've been in the church at any time. We tell it, we've read it even around the world in the Christian church. But Father, today may we extract the ability to see your plan and your purpose, not just for Peter's life, not just for the will that you had for Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins, but Lord, for our personal lives today, how can we actually make application to this today to be the men and women of God you want us to be? How can we actually hear the word of God instead of rejecting you, accept you as our personal Lord and Savior today? Lord, and walk in faith with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, look at the first paragraph, and Mike, where are you? Where'd Mike get off to? Mike, do me a favor and shut these back two doors. I think Children's Church is right behind us. In times of trouble and distress, look at your first paragraph. We can often stress and have negative feelings. Have y'all ever been, quote-unquote, stressed out? Anyone ever stressed out? Raise your hand. Let's have a look. Look around. How do we get there? It's the emotions that we have based on a circumstance that we're in or based on a thought pattern or a thought that we might have or a deadline that's looming or a deadline that has passed. Because some of us, right, the deadline's passed, and we're like, do I, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to go to jail? Am I going to lose this? Am I going to, we fill in the blank, whatever it is that we're stressed about. And sometimes when things happen to us personally, we can take it 
very personal that God is mad at me or that God doesn't love me or God doesn't favor me, whatever it might be that we think God should do for you and for me. We can get a chip on our shoulders and a fat lip and we can be emotionally stressed out thinking God owes me this. I've been so many times doing the right thing and now one time this bad thing happens and where is God? You ever been in that situation? We just sang about that, that we question him sometimes, and we do, because we're human. Look at your notes. During those times, we have but one place to look for strength and encouragement. We turn to the Lord, our creator, our savior. Keep that in mind. He created all people, and people today love to talk about the family of God. And listen, are all people the family of God? The answer is no, because even Jesus had a demarcation. He said, you are of your father the devil. Well, did the devil create humans that aren't Christians? Well, of course not. But God is our creator. He's the creator of all humans, but he is not the father of all humans. So make sure that when someone tells you about the family of God, they're, they're clear that they're not actually uh, clarifying Scripture. Not everyone around the world is part of the family of God. Only those who have called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that are saved, that have asked Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sins and come into their life and believe that God has raised him from the dead, those people are saved, and that point of salvation is you've been sanctified or put into the family of God. Everyone else is standing looking. You can come to church Sunday after Sunday. You can even stand in pulpits. You can sing songs. You can pray prayers. That does not make you a family member of God. You must give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Jesus told Nicodemus, one of these members, one of these Pharisees, he said, you must be born again. You must be born again. Does everybody know that terminology? We ask that question on one of our applications, are you born again? We don't clarify it, we just ask the question, are you born again on one of our applications for our school or someone who to work for us? And sometimes people put no. Well, is that an automatic response? We have to have Christian teachers teaching our students. We have to have Christian, at least one Christian parent of the student in, in our school. So if they check no, our answer is, well, well, no, we don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, therefore, you can't come to our school or you can't work for us directly. So what we want to understand is that we have a unique situation that we're qualified. You've got to be in the family of God to teach the family members of God. There are people who are teaching today that, that are not Christians. Do you know anyone? Uh, there are people today that you, you, in order to get, they'll teach you this prosperity gospel over and over again. God wants you to be rich and famous. What's Peter rich and famous? What's Peter doing? He's denying the Lord Jesus Christ. He's, he's, he's an apostle. We don't have apostles today. People are trying to use that title today. An apostle, if someone calls themselves an apostle, ask them to go to with you to Aiken Hospital and heal the sick. Ask them to call lightning down from heaven. Ask them to do a miracle there in your presence without any of the stuff bag that's in the bag. The apostles today, the capital A apostles, were chosen by God specifically before the church was launched. The apostles had a specific title. They had a specific job to do. Now, there's small letter apostles today, so we are the messenger of God, right? You could say, I am an apostle of God, and basically you're saying, I am going out. But if I say, Apostle Clint Smith, I've just crossed the line that I can't recover from. All you have to do is walk up and say, hey, Brother Smith, can you see me outside and call down fire from heaven? Uh, can you heal the sick real quick? Just touch them. Can you speak to them and make it happen? The apostle had a unique gifting from God. Today, there are no apostles. There's no capital A apostles. And many, many people want to grab that title today so you think greater of them. They want to grab the titles of the Bible so you think, uh, well, I'm more prestigious than this other person. He's just a pastor. I'm an apostle. Uh, she's, just a, she's just a minister. I'm a bishop. 
Those titles listed are given shepherd, bishop, all those titles give presbyter, all those titles mean the same thing in 1 Timothy chapter 3. They mean exactly the same thing, it's just a different way of saying it. But in our English language, it sounds like somebody's more important than somebody else. And can I tell you, brothers and sisters, there's nobody more important in the kingdom of God than your brother and your sister. Jesus is our head, he's our, listen, God is our father, that makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul, listen, Paul understood that when he wrote this, and Peter understands this as we get into his denial of Christ, and then he's restored. Let's look into your notes, I want you to see this. We should be quick to count our blessings and name them one by one. You think I stole that from an old hymn? Y'all ever sing that? Count your blessings, name them. Count your blessings, see what. And then we'd say, count your blessings. Somebody would go, name them one by one, right? Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Let's do it real quick before I get on the message. What's the blessing God's done for you this week or this day, this morning? Raise your hand, really pop it off. Just pop it. Amen. Very, that's awesome. People's come to her life to help. Somebody else. This is what's wrong with America, by the way. We're so blessed, we're like, mm, where do I start? I, don't, I can't think. My life is rough. Anybody sleep in a bed last night? Anybody have air conditioner or heat? Anybody have a spouse? Anybody have food on your table? There's, there's, name the blessings one by one. So let's continue. Somebody, you need to hear from somebody else besides me because I'm telling you, I'm a blessed man today. Look right over here. I got family. I got friends. I got a church family. I got a faith family. We have food waiting. I can smell it. Listen, it's nice and cool outside. There's blessings abounding. Somebody else. Just, Jeff. Caleb, and his health, good, getting answers, that's good, God, that's awesome, I'm thankful for doctors then, right, and all the medical people, the people that work in the medical field, and all the technology, Miss Barbara, amen, for his healing, God is a supernatural, he's still the great physician, that's true, anybody else, hey, you got the whole family in the church, I like it, that's awesome, I'm glad you're here today, listen, isn't it great just to be here together today? And take the word of God and see what he says to you and what he says to me through a man who was called by God, but yet he failed God. Have you ever failed God? Well, listen, there's a prescription here how Jesus Christ, and we can thank him through even the failures of life. So I want to encourage you today, as you sit around the table, some of you will do it, some of you won't do it, but I'm going to encourage you to do it. Those of you that are more mature, the older are supposed to teach the younger, the Bible says, just let everybody share around your table. There's a round table in there. Everybody share one blessing that God has blessed you with this past week. What happens is, watch this. Jesus woke me up and gave me a great life. It's hard to frown and be an Eeyore when you're talking about the blessings of God, isn't it? It's hard to be depressed when you're talking about how good God is. Don't Listen, watch what happens to your face when you start naming your blessings. When you start counting, what happens to your face? Your countenance changes. You become more like the one that blessed you. You start talking about the goodness of God. You'll start shouting if you keep going for too long. And that's why I'm going to go on in the scripture because I don't want to get too much shouting going on here today. Listen, we are thankful God is true to his plans and purposes. Now, I, when I read this and was studying for this, I'm like, Lord, how in the world am I going to preach this? All we're going to do is read this and say in Jesus' name and close the service today. But God showed me, listen, God showed me that we can be thankful for his plans and his purposes. And you can say, well, you don't know my life. No, but I know the God who created your life. 
I know the Savior who died to save you if you simply would trust him with your life. Watch what he says. Listen, I want you to see the notes. We are thankful. Watch this. How weird is this? We are thankful Peter was motivated by God to follow those who arrested Jesus to the high priest's home. Where did the rest of the disciples go? They scattered. The Bible says, Jesus said, listen, who did you come to arrest? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And we talked about that last week, how they fell back when they said, we're searching for the Savior, the one who's been set apart, the one who's been crowned Savior. That's who we're looking for. And Jesus said, I am he. And the power of his words caused those men that came to arrest him. And by the way, we said they were somewhere between, if you look at the name, we've talked about it before, the centurion means a soldier, a Roman soldier, who's in charge of a hundred. The word that's used in this text is a man who's in charge of a thousand. So there's potentially three to six hundred people who came to the garden that night to arrest Jesus. And it could be more. It could be upwards of a thousand people because the Roman uh, soldier that was in charge, the captain, it was the title for someone that's three hundred to six hundred people. I mean a thousand in his, in his guard. Plus the temple guard, plus the others who came just to gawk and see. Remember, Jerusalem's packed right now because it's the Passover. There's a million to two million people jammed in this small little city. And then now this contingency is going out to arrest Jesus because they're going to get that guy who's caused an uprising. They're going to make Rome happy. They're going to put him down, and they're going to secure their jobs that they don't actually have to lose their jobs because of this man who's turning the world upside down. Peter, we read last week, took his sword, and he cut off the high priest's servant's ear, Malchus's ear. We have word that Jesus Christ either picked that well, it didn't tell us he picked the ear up. He either took that ear and put it back on, or he basically just touched the spot and created a new ear. Which one's greater? We asked this morning. Which one's greater? Jesus took his ear and put it back, attached it, or Jesus just touched the area and made a new ear? Which one's greater? Who made that right ear to start with? The Bible says we are knit together in our mother's womb. That's why abortion is such a stain on our society, because God is busy putting together those little bitty babies in the womb of a mother, and then we go and buy, the, we call it our rights, our authority, authority, our woman's right to choose. God forbid that we would vote for somebody or we would choose somebody that would kill an innocent baby made in the image of God. Now, how they get here, listen, that's not always innocent, right? But that baby that's in the womb, listen, God forbid that in America, the womb has become the tomb for so many different babies. We should stand for life in every situation, not about, you say, well, my politics. I don't care about your politics. Your Lord has said he knit you together and every baby together in the mother's womb. We should stand for life. The end. There is no exceptions. There is no other way to think about it except what do we say about it? We say what God says about it. You say, well, pastor, what about rape and incest and all those other exceptions? Listen, there's room for medical procedures. We understand when the baby is, is not, it can't develop. Those tubular pregnancies and all that stuff. I'm not getting into that and talking about that. You know I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about when somebody free will goes out and lives like they want to live. They live like dogs in heat and then come and say, I'm pregnant. What do I do? Well, let's just get rid of it and keep living like dogs in heat. That's the sin of this world, especially our country. And then we call it a choice. A woman's right to choose. It's a murder is what it is. It's murder 101. And the Bible says very clearly, thou shalt not murder. Those are the words from our God. Amen? Listen, Peter, why did he do this? He first strikes this man. He cuts off the ear, and then he's motivated by God through his personality. Peter's a strong-willed man. He follows the crowd all the way up until the gate. Peter was conflicted between his fear, because he was afraid, and his love. He did love Jesus. He, he knows he was right there with Jesus. The Bible says Peter was even recognized that Jesus told him, hey, Peter, be careful. 
uh, prayed for you. Satan wants to have you to sift you like wheat. He wants to set you apart. He wants to pull you apart and do his bidding. Peter's the one that actually said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The Holy Spirit revealed that to Peter. So Peter had this strong, working, loving relationship with Jesus. But he was a man as well. He saw the multitudes. He saw the torches. He saw the swords. And his first response was to pull his little dinky sword out and whack one dude across the ear and cut his ear off. Peter was ready to fight for the Lord Jesus Christ there in the garden. As long as he was with Jesus, he was bold, ready to go. That's how it is at church sometimes, aren't it? Isn't it? Aren't it? That's a South Pauline word. We're ready to go as long as we've got somebody with us that are saying the same thing. But as soon as we get isolated out there in the workforce or in the school, right? We, but no one else here talks like I talk and no one else thinks like I think. So I'm going to act like them out here and act like y'all in there. And that way we're just happy. We have the secular and we have the spiritual. We separated in America today, in North America and around the world, really. The world's doing it. But there is no separation. We must. Every day is a spiritual day. And I'll tell you in the scriptures, in the uh, sermon today, you must be holy because I'm holy, says the scriptures. We must actually do what God says to do. So we're thankful that Peter was motivated. We wouldn't have this story today if we didn't have Peter following those who arrested Jesus. We're thankful for the relationships that were built prior to this moment of Jesus' trial. They proved to open doors for scripture fulfillment. Who was the disciple? We think it's John, but not everybody thinks it's John. Some say we just don't know. And the Bible says very clear there was another disciple, a follower of Jesus. This disciple and Peter followed the contingency to Annas' home, to high priest's home. So could have been John, could have been Nicodemus. We don't know who it was. It was the other disciple. We think it's John, though, because the other scriptures that go along with the scripture. But whatever it was, this person had a relationship before Christ with the high priest. You don't just get in with the people that are in charge in society without having a relationship with them. Whether they grew up together, we don't know what the story was, but they had access to the high priest. And when they have access to the high priest, what they did was actually got Peter access because they knew Peter was outside the gate. And we talked about it this morning. Peter was, where's the rest of the disciples? What is Peter's natural thing to do? We, say we have record of it before Christ and after Christ. What's his natural, natural personality thing to do? Go fishing. How many of y'all like to go fishing just to think? Fishing stresses me out. You want to take me somewhere to stress me out? Put me in a boat and give me a rod and reel and nothing's biting. I like to go catching. I don't like to go fishing. I can lose my mind in a bass boat in 30 seconds or less. If it's not biting, I don't want to fish in the ocean. I don't want to fish in a pond. I don't want to fish in a river. I just, I like eating fish, but I don't like, I like catching fish, but I don't like fishing. Fishing brings me great stress. It's like riding on an airplane, just flying an airplane, just sitting still doing nothing. I can't rest, can't sleep in an airplane. So when I take mission trips, when y'all, if you go with me, leave me alone on the airplane. And when we go back to overseas again, just don't speak to me on the flight over because I am stressed completely out. It's the worst part of a mission trip for me is to travel. And I was in the Navy and got sick. I'd rather travel by boat or ship than I had by plane. And those of you that know me know how that's a stretch. But I want you to understand, listen, these relationships were built prior to God's plan and purposes. Did God know when this person was a little boy that he was going to have a relationship with this other little fellow and they grew up and one had a title called high priest and he was known to the other, uh, the family of the high priest knew this other disciple. Did God know all this? Yes, because he's God. He knows everything. But God's plans and purposes, if you could just take 
30 seconds and step back from your life and look at your life holistically. You can say, listen, what does God say? What's he doing in my life? If you can go, we call it the 30,000 feet and look down. If you can just take a look and see, he brought me from here to here to here. He's brought me through this and this and this. That's where the counter blessings comes into play and going, hey, listen, he sustained me in the past. His word says he will. He will. How? Do, how? I don't know how, but I know him. Amen? Don't know how, but I know him. I want you to look and see this. We are thankful it was cold the evening of Jesus' rest. How crazy is that for a sermon note? Was anybody cold this morning when they woke up? It was 62 or uh, 66 degrees in my house last, uh, this morning when I got up. My wife doesn't like heat on often. She likes it cold. So I walked out. It was cold this morning, but it was even colder this night. Aren't we glad it was cold? You say, why? Look and see. A fire was kindled, and outside, the outside arresting crowd huddled around it, and so did Peter. If you read through the Gospels, I gave you the scriptures there in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. If you go back and look, read their accounts, Peter is actually sitting there by the fire with them. John says he's standing later on, but what's he doing around the fire with those enemies of God, those who arrested Jesus? Those are people who are against Jesus, and here is one of his apostles. He's then sat down and made camp. Not only is he sitting there, the Bible says he was sitting, I'm standing there, he was sitting there. He was sitting by the fire with all these guards. What's he talking about? What does the people of God have to do with the world who hates God, that wants to see him dead, crucified? What do they have in common? Survey says nothing except their sinful way. And not only was he sitting there, he was speaking there because we have scripture reference we talked about this morning, Catalyst, that they heard that he was a Galilean, and the girl said, you are a Galilean, but the way you, your accent, your accent gives you away from where you're from. We know people from where you're from, right? Right? Do we speak differently from where we're from? The English language across the world, if you hear it spoken, it sounds different by region, by region, by region, by country, by country, doesn't it? It sounds different to us. It has an, we have an accent. So not only was Peter standing with them, he was outside the gate, then he was inside the gate, and then he was sitting by the fire having a conversation. I would think naturally Peter would be on the other side of Mount of Olives going somewhere and scattering, still running, and going fishing. He can't help himself because he's afraid, but he's also, he also loves the Lord. We are thankful the high priest asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. Why are we thankful for that this morning? Jesus didn't give up his disciples. They want to know who they were. Because remember, they want to appease Rome. If you get Rome happy, then we get to keep our jobs. We keep our, our whole way of life. We keep our traditions. We keep our stuff normal like we'd like it if we just keep Rome happy. And we, listen, people are getting upset, especially during the Passover. It's crazy. There's uprisings left and right. All of the Jews hate the Romans. We want to, everybody's wanting to kick them out of their town, but nobody's powerful enough to do it. And all these uprisings, we got to put them down because we've got to keep Rome happy so we can keep our jobs and keep our robes and keep our temple and keep everything that's going on. We can keep it the way we like it. And that's what these men were doing. They wanted to keep Jesus down, and they want to know what's your disciples' names because we're going to kill them too. And if we kill them, we can get back to normal. They even knew the miracles that Jesus did. 
They knew the power, those that arrested him. When Jesus spoke, they knew the power. When they fell backwards just from his word, they understood that they were in the presence of God. Yet they did not care. Today, society knows when you stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes or no? When you speak the name of Jesus Christ and you live it, does the society and the people around you know it? Yes. When you speak it and don't live it, what's that called? Hypocrisy. Hypocrite. The worst thing that anybody wants to see in this planet is somebody who says one thing and does another. We must live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's Peter being very hypocritical. He's sitting there among those who arrested Jesus and will eventually abuse him and crucify him. Well, Jesus spoke, especially, we're especially thankful for Jesus' clarity about his teachings. He didn't give up his disciples' names, but he did go straight to his teachings. Because what's more important, the teachings of Christ are the names of his disciples. Figured you'd choose that. Let me ask you this, what's more important in your life, your reputation or the teachings of Christ? But Pastor, if I say the name of Jesus in my workplace, they'll fire me. They'll persecute me. They'll put me down. In my family, you don't understand. i got some crazy people in my family. If I say the name of Jesus Christ, they'll make fun of me. They'll mock me. They'll do whatever. What's more important, the names of the disciples of Christ or the teachings of Christ? You already stuck yourself in a hole, right? You've already said the teachings of Christ, and you answered correctly. So what's wrong with us today? What happens if we fulfill, we are obedient to the teachings of Christ? What will happen to Aiken County? Come on, say it. What will happen? Will we change the Aiken County for the Lord Jesus Christ if we're obedient to his teachings and his commands? Yes, we would change it in a week because we would go make disciples of all the nations. We would baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We would teach them everything Jesus taught his disciples. We would take the word of God and say, listen, we will not be afraid because he's never going to leave me nor forsake me. And he has told me to go and make disciples of all the nations. I must go and preach to every creature because... I don't have a choice. It's not because I have a job. It's because I don't have a choice. You, disciples of Christ, must preach Jesus in season, out of season, because it's never season, the season to preach Jesus Christ. Y'all know it's deer season right now. Many deer hunters are hunting, right? What happens if you hunt out of season? It's usually if you get caught, there's tickets, there's other things of, uh, uh, involved with that. But here's the thing about sharing Christ. We're always fishing. There is no license required, right? We're fishing for men, not for fish. It's 24-7. As God gives opportunity, sometimes he'll wake you up in the middle of the night saying, pray for brother so-and-so, pray for so-and-so, so that you can be stronger in their faith. Because some of you are asking me questions, hey, Pastor, will you pray? And I'm praying. Sometimes it's when God wakes us up, can't sleep. Let's pray about that situation because he's doing a mighty work and he's going to use you or he's going to use me. We never know. But if we're on the ready, saying no matter what, Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm more interested in his teachings and getting them out than I am about my name and my reputation. Even David, when he danced before the Ark of the Covenant, his wife said, you should be ashamed of yourself. He said, let me tell you something. I'll become more undignified than this. And he's dancing in his pajamas as he goes before the Ark of the Covenant. He loved the Lord so much, he was focused on worshiping him and having a relationship with him than he was with anybody else who was looking, including his wife. Look at this. This is pretty awesome. We are thankful that Jesus, our Savior, took the abuse from the high priest and those in authority. Without his perseverance through it all, we could not have eternal life. Aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ took this abuse, even on the cross, death of a cross? You say, well, how can we be thankful for that? Because without this avenue, listen, we wouldn't have scriptures fulfilled, 
and we would not have a death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. This was the plan and purpose of God. Why did they slap Jesus? Why did the high priest's servant slap him? Because Jesus called him out and said, Listen, high priest, you're supposed to be the number one religious person on the planet, and you're not following what God said in the Torah, how there's supposed to be a, 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 a judgment on a person. You could never, we talked about it this morning, what do you plead if you don't want to say anything to law enforcement or to the courts? You plead the fifth, and then shut your mouth. Don't say another word. Don't say anything. I plead the fifth. That's it. That's the fifth amendment to our Constitution. You just say, I'm not speaking. Because you have the right not to incriminate yourself. Where does that come from? Yes, it's our Constitution. But where does it come from? The Torah. It comes from the law of God. God said there must be two or three witnesses that brings an accusation against you. You could never question the person that was brought before the, to be guilty. They could never incriminate themselves. You had to bring witnesses first. And where do they start? They start with the one who's being charged, asking them, are you guilty? What's the, who's your disciples? Who's your accomplices? What is the truth? What are your teachings? And Jesus responds with his teachings. The abuse, we don't love abuse by any means at all. Never tolerate it. Call the police if you're being abused. Amen? I don't care who it is. Dads, husbands, preachers, teachers. If you're being abused, call the police. And let the Lord and the police deal with it. Amen? Amen? Don't tolerate that stupid mess. It's that stupidity to tolerate it. We are thankful Peter denied Jesus just as Jesus said he would. He went to John 13, you'll see. Jesus said, listen, before the rooster crows three times, you will deny me, Peter. Not me, Lord. I'll die for you. I'll die for you. We ever talk like that? Do we speak boldly like that before God? It's easy to preach it from up here, but it's hard to live it out there, isn't it? Unless we understand who is walking us through it. So we're thankful Peter denied Jesus because Jesus said he would. And if Peter didn't deny him, if Peter was on the other side of Mount of Olives, if Peter found him a fishing hole in the Sea of Galilee out fishing, then Jesus' words wouldn't have been true. So then we got an issue, right? Jesus said Peter would deny him. And Peter's over there fishing somewhere on the Sea of Galilee all by himself. Like you would think he would be. But he wasn't. God initiated and God put in his heart, God put in his personality to be right there to actually give the scoop on what's going on with Jesus. And finally, aren't we thankful for roosters? Anybody thankful for roosters this morning? They are proof God can use anything I should, or anyone to fulfill his plans and purposes. Listen, it's like the alarm clocks. I just heard somebody's cricket alarm clock going off saying, hurry up, pastor. I just heard that. If you heard it, I heard it. Uh, I can see who you are. Your face turns blue and y'all trying to dig on your phone. You got it. But aren't you glad that God uses roosters? Go back to the Old Testament. God used donkeys. Now listen, you say, well, God could never use me. I, people tell me this all the time. God could never use me. And you know what I see in their face? I see a big old donkey face. I just open your mouth. What does the donkey do? Let's have a little fun in church. What does the donkey say? No, we don't say hee-haw. Hee-haw, right? You don't say hee-haw. That's what you taught your kids. If a donkey can be a donkey, can a human that loves the Lord Jesus Christ be a human that loves the Lord Jesus Christ? Watch this. It gets even more fun in church before we dismiss today, before we eat that bird. What does the rooster say? Don't say cock-a-doodle-doo. No, he doesn't. Anybody, who's got a good rooster calling? Anybody, if you're raised on the farm? I do, by chance. Steve, you still got yours? Steve's got turkeys. He can do a turkey, too. He, a turkey call. 
Oh, Rooster rears back with all he's got, right? You denied Jesus. That's what he just said, right? <laughs> That's the same as the megaphone that went off because a rooster's, if a rooster crows a mile away, you can hear that piercing, that, the frequency he sends out, and all he shouted was, you did it, boy. Listen, he said you are going to do it, and the rooster's up saying, I happen to be a messenger of God. Here we go. Tuna, <clears throat> get his vocalizer ready. And he stood there and he said, thus saith the word of God, it has been fulfilled. That's what the rooster crow said. Y'all listen to me. If the Lord can use a donkey, if the Lord can use a rooster, the Lord can use you. Will you fail him? Yes, you'll fail him over and over again. Peter fails even later after this in the book of Acts. He's got a race issue, race card when he has a pull, when he's there eating with just the Jews. He leaves the, the Gentiles because he's embarrassed or whatever reason. It wasn't his culture. He gets called out by Paul. He's not a perfect man. And by the way, God never calls the perfect because they don't exist. There's no perfect person in this place. But here's what we do. We strive. Look at the bottom of your notes. I asked a few questions of you. But Peter said, this is Peter. First Peter 16, same Peter that denied Jesus. Same Peter had the issue later on. He says, the scripture says, be holy as I am holy, says the Lord. He says that after he's had all these failures and then been restored by the Lord Jesus Christ. He can stand and say, listen, you can't do it, y'all. Listen, I failed Jesus miserably. I denied him. I even cursed and said I didn't know him. And yet he restored me. If you go back to John 21, which will be there in a few weeks, Jesus asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. He asked him again, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. Do you love me, Lord? Do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, I love you. Three times Peter failed the Lord Jesus Christ, denied him, and we have record that three times the Lord restored him each of those times. Peter can't say, I feel good about being restored except for that one thing I did. Here's what the Lord does. 1 John 1, 9, if, if you, this is a you statement, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, y'all. That's how we're supposed to live this life. Young or old, middle-aged, college, if we profess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that's how we live daily. And then we can overcome anything in this life. You ever hear people that are suffering with uh, dread diseases and you talk about how in the world can you keep your mind stayed on the Lord? The Lord says there's a blessing for that. So today, listen, as we dismiss, we're going to have an invitation, we're going to sing. And as we sing, process through your mind, Lord, not a crazy old rooster you used that day. He convicted Peter. What did Peter do afterwards? The other Gospels tell us. He ran and wept bitterly. The rooster crowed. He was recognized, Peter recognized in his heart, Jesus said that would happen. I just denied him, and the rooster has crowed. I'm guilty. And he went and wept bitterly, but he was restored. That's the God that we serve. Though we cross him up, though we mess up, though we sin by choice, by force, he's a God who loves you and wants to restore you. Listen today, if you've never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, you don't even have the relationship with him yet to start. Forgiveness starts with, Lord, I confess my sins to you, and I want to ask you to come into my heart and life and forgive me of my sins. I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. I believe you died for my cross. Uh, on the cross, you died for my sins. You were buried, and the third day you rose again according to the Scriptures. I believe that. And if 
If you believe that, listen, this morning, you confess that to the Lord, he says he will forgive you and bring you into the family of God. You say, it seems like it's harder than that. Only person making it harder than that is you. Because I trust what the teachings of God says, right? That's what he teaches in his word. For God so loved the world. This is Jesus speaking. John 3, 16. Let's say it together. This is Jesus' words. See if you know them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Was Jesus telling the truth or was he lying? He's always the truth. He's telling the truth. That's you and me. Listen today. If you would just give your heart and life to him today, he'll save you and you'll be into the family of God. won't be perfect because we'll be, we're still striving, right? We're still striving day by day. Those of us that are, are Christians, we want to love him. We want to do right. But we still live in these bodies. So this morning as we have an invitation, we invite you to come. If you want to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, you want someone to pray with you, or you just want to pray by yourself, you can pray at the altar. That's what it's for. We take time to do that.